Hello everyone and welcome back to Identity Architects, the podcast that's dedicated to spotlighting individuals who are changing the way that data is used to deliver better data-driven customer experiences. I'm your host Ben Chiketti, and for this episode our sales director Denny Tross sat down with Diana Montai, Chief Revenue Officer at OpenAry. Diana and Denny had an awesome conversation about identity, collaboration, understanding the consumer, intent to buy and much much more. Before I hand it over to them, just a quick reminder to hit that subscribe button so you know when the next episode of Identity Architects lands. But without any further delay, here's Denny and Diana. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome to episode number 15 of the Identity Architects. I would love to welcome to today's episode Diana Mantai. She's the CRO of Opinary and today's guest in our podcast. Hello, Diana. Hey, Danny. Thanks for having me. Oh, nice. Thank you very much for taking the time. Uh, I was really uh, looking forward to today's uh, podcast, Uh, even though it's not in our native language, but I think we're going to figure it out. Uh, I think we uh, both are uh, quite familiar in how to communicate uh, in English. And I would like to start with um, a little uh, intro uh, about yourself and the company you're working for. Um, so uh, I would like to know who is Diana and what is Epinary about? Can you give me a little insight about it? Sure. Um, yeah, Diana, my name. Um, I'm 20 years old and Berlin-based, and I'm just like you said, the CEO at Opinary. And with Opinary, we're building a platform that engages users in the open web by asking questions. And Probably everyone in the German media knows us, but um, we also have some quite of traffic in the UK and the US. And you probably know us. We kind of look like these little survey questions that you have seen in articles. It has like a question, two answers, and then you get like a speedo interaction element that you, yeah, that you can click on or move the needle towards an an answer to to kind of answer the question and what many people think is that this is kind of yeah market research related but that's totally off what um what we're rather fostering is user engagement by asking these questions and we're trying to convert the user's opinions and the data we're we're generating into business outcome for publishers on one side and advertisers on the other side So our goal really is rather to improve relationships um, between publishers and their readers, um, but also advertisers and their target audiences. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's... That's what we do. Okay, and um, maybe this is a little off topic, but uh, during uh, what you just uh, said, a question came to my mind. What has been your favorite uh, question, if you if you can tell, uh, this year, or, or the the most uh, astonishing uh, outcome out of a question that went through uh, the Openary platform? Oh, that's a good question um, because there's so many. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of my favorite question is one that's probably al- always the most diverse. 
Um, it's the question of having Nutella, yeah, the Ferrero Nutella. Everybody um, knows with... Nutella, I guess. <laughs> and the question really is, um, do you prefer Nutella with or without butter? Um, I'm a butter and... guy. Me too, me yeah. too. Um, but most people aren't. And uh, this is a very, most very... Most people aren't? Yeah. I would have yeah. said it's the other way around. Yeah, it's pretty diverse. People have very strong opinions. Like there's there's no one like in between. You either are for butter or without butter. Yeah. Um, and people love to share their opinion on that one. Nutella without butter, I always think there's something missing on, on, the, <laughs> yeah. on the piece of bread or uh, the, exactly. the little bagel or something or the uh, the toast. What are you are you a, a toast uh, a toast girl or um, do you put it on like uh, bread or, and stuff or like pure white wheat toast? I'm definitely not a toast girl. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm really the, the the German bread fan, like the the typical, yeah. Um, how would you how would you call it in English? Like the German kind of Brötchen, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah those are my favorites. Yeah, li little little bumps. Genau, yeah. Perfect. Um, so we did a lot of advertising for Nutella now. Uh, that's quite good. Um, but uh, switching the topic a little to um, uh, to what it's all about today, I would like to um, to get some some insight um, about your um, your first uh, engages with um, with advertising in total or the the market the industry we're in. And can you think of, or do you recall your first memory um, of getting in touch with advertising or marketing? Wow. I mean, the very first touches, I mean, I'm pretty sure no one remembers because everything is kind of advertising, mm -hmm. everything you see, everything you touch. Um, but recalling like the last thing um, I'm really certain about will probably be a a supermarket, a German supermarket, Lidl, mm -hmm. and the slogan Lidl lohnt sich, um, oh. because my mom runs a store and um, we had the slogan lying around everywhere. Ah, okay, that's interesting. Uh, the, the, the first advertising I recall uh, would be the Schöfferhofer Weizen, so the, the, <laughs> the beer where a guy is, is pouring beer into a girl's belly button And uh, she writes him uh, a letter uh, saying she wants the empty bottle as a gift. And I always thought, who in the world is pouring beer over a girl? That's <laughs> so a, random. On the first date. Yeah, that's that's what I recall. But I can't recall that one. Wasn't that some kind of champagne? Uh, the, no. the, the beer, die so schön hat geprickelt in mein Bauch. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that was it. So it was Schäferhofer Weizen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. The actual beer. <laughs> um, uh, but um, speaking of, of first memories, um, so um, do, do you know what your first job in advertising or, or marketing uh, has been or was? How could I ever forget about this one? Um, it was an internship um, at Performix AKM3 back in the days when searching engine optimization started to become a thing and when you still got ranked um, highly um, by just putting a lot of links in the open web. So my job was in the editorial department to really 
um, yeah, pose as a user in forums, writing and commenting on posts in order to just place random links somewhere. This was my first job. And uh, what would you say to your to your past self um, as as a uh, in in Mark's uh, grown up now? Um, so when you when you first started, so would would you would you tell uh, little Diana something something different as she as she did during her first job? Um, probably yes. Um, I would tell my earlier self that it's totally okay to fail, um, but giving up is not an option. Mm. Um, that's what I would tell her. Yeah, I, I can definitely uh, empower or enforce that. I would definitely say, say the same. I was always scared uh, of failing, um, but I have always been uh, in companies where failing or doing something wrong Uh, was kind of encouraged or mm -hmm. uh, was okay, uh, but it was always about the um, how do you get up again uh, and how do you make up for the for the mess that you caused uh, or or your team caused. And um, I think that's that's a beautiful thing to do because I think that's the only way of being able to grow uh, personally and professionally. Mm -hmm. And. Um, Since we are in your in your in your career in the in the first uh, stages uh, of your career, um, do you have anything that you love uh, about what you're doing doing right now? So is it is it your your dream industry, uh, your your dream job, everything you uh, you could have you could have thought of uh, in having a job? Um, good, good one. Um, I would have never thought I would end up in sales and I would have never thought I would end up in the advertising industry. Um, but I do love it. Um, because same for me. I wanted to become a musician. So, uh, you, you don't, you don't have to tell me I went a totally different path. <laughs> do you play instruments? Um, I play electronic instruments. Still, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a music producer, um, so I, I have a MIDI keyboard uh, and stuff. But yeah, all, all for myself. So it's 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 a hobby. Uh, I don't release stuff. Uh, I do it mostly for myself and to to kind of calm down, f forget about the day. Um, this this is what I love, and it's mostly uh, quite quite hard techno music that's coming out of it. So it's not for everybody. Uh, but um, yeah, this this really calms me down and gives me uh, a little peace of mind. I would love to get a sense of it. Maybe you can share a little bit. Afterwards. I got some some stuff on SoundCloud. It's it's in private mode, but once you have a link, <laughs> once you have a link, you can listen to it. So um, after this, as a little thank you, I'm gonna send over uh, one of my songs, and you can tell me your opinion. Yeah, I'm looking forward. <laughs> okay, so but uh, one one step step back to um yeah. what what I what I just uh, asked um in in general so the 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 marketing or ad tech uh, industry um is is this something you you just kind of kind of fall into uh, fell into so or was there any kind of plan behind it? There was no plan behind it. I kind of fell into this internship and then one thing and one network fell into the next one. Um, and with Opinary, I kind of, I, I met the founders, I understood the publisher product, 
And I was really like, guys, this is an advertising product and I want to make this huge. And I really saw the potential in the, in the product um, and started off as a sales manager, really trying to prove a point that, um, that you're able to, to identify users by asking questions and that this kind of data is just gold mm. um, for advertisers. And um, yeah, so I started off as a sales manager, um, started building my own team from like everything from scratch, um, like building the processes, hiring the teams, um, doing the pricing, doing everything that's, that was needed to get this product into the market. And um, now we're at, this, at the stage where, um, where my team is basically, um, yeah, so taking so much ownership challenging the status quo and now it kind of turned around and and my team is is uh uh yeah teaching me lots of new things and i love that this industry um is like facing so many challenges constantly and that the market development is fast moving and we have to remain adaptable and being part of this race is basically what excites me the most yeah, I can imagine. Uh, we're in quite a race as well. So, uh, and and this kind of kind of empowers me uh, to to get up in the morning and um, do what I'm what I'm best at. Even though I I never I never thought that I'm gonna uh, end up in in sales uh, in in any way. Uh, since the plans were different, um, but uh, you you can tell me afterwards um, if I should have chased the the music uh, opportunity or just should stick to, <laughs> to what I'm doing right now. Um, so you you were uh, you were talking a little about uh, the the topic of identity and um, the topic of uh, really uh, engaging with real people and getting real insight from real people. Um, mm -hmm. If you if you should have. Um, how would you explain the term identity to a 10-year-old? This is such a tough one, Denny. Yeah, I'm um, sorry. <laughs> but since we're in sales, I've learned one thing in sales. And this is that also here, asking questions, questions is the superpower to um, get a message um, yeah, out. And what I would do would be probably to... Um, ask the kid directly, who are you? And probably the kid would just answer the question with its name. And let's say it's Lisa, yeah, a typical name. Um, and then what I would ask Lisa, how many other Lisas she thinks exist in the world? And Lisa with 10 years old, she probably knows there's many. And so then I would say there's many Lisas and maybe even Lisas that have the same last name, but there's only like one Lisa, that's her. Mm -hmm. And Lisa might be 10 years old and she has a certain height, a hair color and different talents. And every Lisa in the world will look and behave differently. And that's because of like different identities that are shaped by the families, countries, religions and beliefs we're born into, as well as the experiences each Lisa makes. But yeah, there's only one Lisa and that's her identity. You, you, I think you can also put like stuff like uh, nicknames uh, to it. So saying uh, you are Lizzie for your for your parents, 
Um, yeah. You are uh, Lisa Müller uh, in... You're not in the kindergarten anymore as a 10-year-old. Uh, you are uh, Lisa Müller in school and uh, in your, uh, in your um, let's say, volleyball uh, team. Uh, you are just uh, Lisa who is always standing front right at the net. And this is your identity as well. So... Um, Yeah, I think that is very well, very well explained. Um, yeah, we always uh, put in some some toughies for for our guests here uh, to challenge them uh, a little, and so uh, that it's not just a little chit chat. <laughs> yeah, that was a tough one. It was a tough one. Um, I, I can ask even tougher questions if you want to, but I would uh, now kind of uh, ease it down uh, a little and uh, maybe maybe something that uh, is currently uh, kind of we, we all are making up our our heads about different stuff but what keeps you awake at night if you want to talk about it at the moment is there any any specific uh, topic um where you and it's, it doesn't have to be in particular that you're always laying awake at night but things uh, that are currently very present Uh, in your in your mind that you constantly think of, maybe in relation to our business. Um, honestly, there's nothing that keeps me up at night because I'm a really good sleeper. Mm -hmm. um. that's, that's very good. <laughs> This is actually really awesome. I love sleeping, and it's so easy for me to fall asleep. Um, and there's really nothing that like gets me up at night and gets my head thinking. But at the same time, of course, there's challenges um, um, that we're trying to tackle. Um, currently, um, what is, um, yeah, what's, what's on our mind currently is really how the market will develop after we're having, yeah, a, a war in Europe. Um, there's, a, there's the inflation um rates going up and there's so much uncertainty um after after the corona crisis or even the crisis are still going on um but we're like falling from one crisis into the next and no one really knows how to forecast the next year um so that's what's yeah what's kind of evolving currently yeah same for me um we are mostly seeing uncertainty at the moment um, mm -hmm. and in in kind of every every business every industry in private um, in the office uh, wherever um, people currently really don't know what's going on and there is a, another horrific story coming up uh, each and every day or each and every week another disease another crisis uh, another way of losing all your money um and it's yeah it's it's tough times uh, i would say but i think with um when when in in terms of thinking to yourself uh with some positive thoughts uh, and a a good idea of how you yourself would like to develop as a as a person i think we can we can kind of make it through all this and uh, that we are looking forward to to better times than we uh, currently do. And that brings me to my last quick fire question. What gets you motivated in the morning? 
I'm a 5 a.m. morning person. I'm you that kind of girl. You are a 5 a.m. morning person. That's that's a CEO DNA. <laughs> that's what people say. I wouldn't. 5:30 is CEO DNA. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know when this started, but it's some. I never forced myself to be that kind of girl um, and wake up so early. Do you need an um, alarm for this? Sorry, no, no, interrupting. No. No alarm. No. You wake up by yourself no at 5 a.m. Yeah. But Mostly it's more you're going for, to, to wake up at 5 a.m. by yourself. It depends. Um, somewhat between 9 and 10. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's early, I know. It is early. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, be, I just imagine being, being at a dinner and at 9, uh, no, at, like, 8.30, I got to say, Okay, bye guys. <laughs> I've got to go to bed because 5 a.m., you know, I'm going to be a CEO one day. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of like that, actually. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting tired as soon as the sun goes down and then I, my body feels like, okay, we need to go sleep. Oh, um, okay, I get it. Yeah, so I really wake up in the morning by myself, so I'm energized um, right away. And the first that. thing I'm I'm doing um, is to go and get my coffee. Mm -hmm. This is really like my morning routine and I enjoy it so much because everything is like so quiet, you know, like no one's awake, no one's calling, no one's writing you Slack messages or WhatsApp messages. Um, everyone is still sleeping and this is really my me time. This is the time where I um, get to enjoy my coffee, read the news, um, write a little journaling, like try to prepare for my day and get my thoughts together. I really enjoy this. I'm a 6.30 guy and I always thought I'm waking up quite early, uh, but five is, whew. Um, I would love to wake up by myself at, at five, but I think I would have to go to bed at nine, 9.30 then. And uh, this is something that's impossible for me because in the evenings, I'm getting very creative. So I'm not productive, but very creative. Um, mm -hmm. And this is, this is where I uh, kind of the, the, the most ideas are coming out of, out of my mind for, for like any, anything that, that I'm interested in or uh, that's, that's fun for me. Um, either it's uh, kind of something related to music or, um, I'm currently uh, also part of a little fashion project. So um, this is where I can be creative as well. Um, and this is best in the evening. And morning time is also yeah, very, uh, a lot of me time, sport, coffee, news, walking the dog, of course, listening to podcasts. Um, this, is, this is what I usually do in the morning. I always wanted to become a 5 a.m. club person. Um, but it's, but I think I got to stick to six thirty until, right. until I, I am better in going to bed earlier, but maybe I don't have to, let's see. You don't have to. I don't. Don't. To. Yeah. You don't have to like, don't start forcing your body to do things that don't feel natural. Um, I, I stopped that by the age of 30. So I always mm -hmm. was a very, um, very ambitious when it came to sports and when I when I became 30, I noticed that something in my body changed, and that I'm not as 
I would say powerful uh, anymore, or that I need more more exercise, more more training to get to the same state as uh, I I was before thirty. So um, I I kind of uh, found a healthy way of exercising, um, work life balance, um, do, doing stuff that's good for me, but I'm not chasing the dream of having the a super six pack 44 centimeter biceps la 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 it's more about being healthy um being able to touch your toes at the age of 35 <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that so mobility and flexibility is becoming a topic now so um a, lo a lot of my friends my age um are some are overweight uh, some are not even able uh, to touch their toes Uh, so everybody who is listening, ask yourself, can you touch your toes? <laughs> uh, that, will, that will be quite interesting uh, to know. We're doing a poll afterwards. And uh, that will be a nice opinionary question. Yeah. Just a yes or no. Are you able to touch your toes? And you can, you can link this um, to, a, uh, to a yoga app or something. So as, a, as an uh, advertising stunt. Ta -da. And you get it for free from me now. I'm actually just now looking up our platform for that question. Yeah. Um, you can have it. <laughs> we don't have it yet. Yeah. We don't have it yet. We don't want any share share in it. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Speaking. <laughs> no, but I but I totally feel you, Danny. Like the older yeah. you get, uh, the priorities just change. Like, yeah. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Speaking. Oh wow! So many super super nice transitions we are doing today. Speaking. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> transitions, um, as, as you might know, uh, that the third-party cookie um, is very close to dying uh, since uh, Google announced that they would like to um, uh, to shut down uh, all cookie activities in 2023. Um, as I understood it, uh, Opinary never relied on third-party cookies. But, but how does uh, Opinary actually work technically, if you are able to, uh, to explain it um, in, in like the, the most, in the, in the easiest way? In the easiest way, okay. Um, let me give you a try. Um, to answer that question, um, one must first understand that Opinary follows two business models. Um, there's a publisher business model and there's an advertiser model. Mm -hmm. Um, the former model can run completely independently of the advertising model. And here is the publisher using our platform to design polls, questions, um, which they embed either manually or automatically into their articles. And to enable this automatically, we're directly integrated into the publisher's CMS, CMS systems, whatever they're using. And this enables us to allow users to interact with our surveys in a completely cookie independent way because we're like in their systems, right? So all the data that flows into the publisher's CMS system is then basically our data. Um, mm. And why do publishers do this? Um, for publishers, um, it's so exciting to integrate our surveys because it allows them to first generate user insights, increase user engagement, extend dwell times, or even sell more premium subscriptions. 
And among um, another strong argument in favor of the publisher is that we also enable advertising spaces through our tools, which provides additional monetization spaces, right? So here we're talking about the second business model that I mentioned, and this is like the advertising side of a printery. Um, after all, it's not only exciting for the publisher to better understand the reader's audience and understand what they think and what they believe. Also, advertisers have an interest in identifying their target groups and addressing um, them with advertising. And here the user is activated via an sponsored question it's also marked as sponsored obviously mm. and is shown after the user interacts and shared their opinion within the poll after that um we're playing out yeah in individual advertising elements maybe um to illustrate this by by an example um a user who answers the question how much money do you spend on cigarettes a month Zero. Like 50, 50 <laughs> euros. Like, let's say you say zero euro, uh, euros. Yeah. And then I have identified you as a non-smoker. Whereas people um, that, that say 50 euros are certainly a smoker. Um, and this can be very exciting for advertisers who market products for smoking cessation, for example. Um, and the question here really is, where else could you get such intent user data? Mm. Um, and you are then allowed to to kind of sell this to the to the publishers. Um, the publisher can basically collect the data on on their end. Ah. Yes. Oh, it's on, on their own yeah. behalf. So you are just kind of um, kind of provisioning the infrastructure for it, but they are doing it on their own behalf. Exactly. We're kind of yeah. the vehicle in between. Oh, that makes total sense. So you yourself do not own any data. We don't own the data. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, and uh, speaking of of data, um, especially, what would you think the the post cookie era uh, will look like? So will we have that one solution that solves for all, or um, would you say it will be more kind of a of a hybrid approach? Um, what are the solutions you are currently betting on, or uh, something you're going to recommend to uh, to somebody? I think um, it's always worth taking a look at the USA, <laughs> which is always a few years ahead of us Europeans in the advertising industry. Mm -hmm. um, and here there is a strong ten tendency towards data clean rooms, for example, and the willingness to make one's own data usable for others is definitely increasing. Whereas here, I feel the status quo is still completely unimaginable. Um, that's why I personally believe that in the short term, there will be a lot of silo solutions until the market starts to realize that this cannot work in a scalable way. Mm. And yeah, to answer your question, I think we will see a lot of hybrid models at first and you will soon realize that it's not always about the technology, but in the end, it's about the data quality and the question of how scalable is the data you own. 
Um, to to yeah. me, this this kind of sounds also that there uh, needs to be some kind of aggregator at some point uh, who's who, <laughs> who's going to to connect all the pipes, uh, as it is yes. in in many industries. Um, so you you got um, a lot of uh, solutions that are popping up by themselves, and then there is this one aggregator doing nothing but uh, kind of connecting uh, the pipes and the dots. Uh, taking taking its share and it's becoming the the biggest company of the industry even though it's not doing anything but connecting everybody do 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 you feel do you feel the same so that this one big aggregator uh, at some point uh, is showing up or, or that there will be just some some companies just just dying because their solution is not uh, scalable uh, at all really hard to tell um i mean I in the end the question it just came came up to my mind um, i know if it if it uh kind of i mean it's not wishful thinking that one runs the whole show right like <laughs> it could be dangerous even when it, it could be super dangerous if it, when it comes to identity personal data first party data uh and and vice versa That could be a really, a really scary. That's. I don't think that this is a future I would like uh, like to live in. So hopefully we stick to hybrid models. <laughs> let's let's phrase it like that. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Let's see. Let's see. Um, yeah. uh, in in this term, what would you say is uh, the current biggest challenge uh, for for the industry? Is it is it really like getting everything connected and everything together? Um, also a good question. Um, I think it's despite the year of more time, um, like Google, like kind of post postponed, um, this, um, this change. Um, I feel like many publishers and advertisers are still not ready for, for the age of cookie-less. Um, I mean, we're now in May, 2022 and I am really amazed to the maximum of how few publishers and advertisers are currently in the in the stage of testing new technologies and possibilities and learning real lessons mm. and um yeah sooner or later it will lead us to giving even more budgets to the walled gardens i think and only very few feel the responsibility that comes with it that's um, and, and that's it's, really, and it's really happening so latest it numbers uh, for germany were showing that the german advertising market grew by 12 percent, but the open internet um kind of shrunk by 20 uh, so mm -hmm. that, that, that means that more and more money is going to the platforms and less and less money is going to the open internet and i think a an internet without like the the open and free or um, kind of non-locked in version uh, of it, uh, fra phrase it uh, how, how you like it. Um, I think this is also a very scary future. Think of Definitely. not having independent journalism uh, and and stuff that, that is terrifying to me. So um, what what we see at the moment is that more and more. Um, of the of the biggies out there are getting aware of what's coming. That's very good. 
and they are uh, running their first tests, which is very good as well. So with small data sets, but really just getting something on the street, proving that it, that it's working, that we can kind of work in a cookie-less world and that um, targeting, measurement, analytics uh, and stuff is even better in a cookie-less world because for, for the last like 15, 20 years, the cookie made it quite easy for everybody, but it also uh, is like the same technology as for the last 15, 20 years with a little updates in it, but still it kind of works the same. So... Um, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to a cookie-less future. Power back to the people. Way more possibilities. Uh, better advertising. Um, more money for everybody. Uh, I think this is uh, something we should really look forward to, rather than uh, being being scared and uh, not willing to to do anything. Because I think in the long run, those are going to be the companies that are really getting into trouble uh, at the end. So, uh, speaking of uh, of current challenges uh, in the market, um, so um, what would you say? Uh, what are some of the uh, challenges that not the the companies are facing, but challenges that the end consumer, like the real clients at the at the end of an e-commerce business or or anything else, um, how? Uh, can can Opinary uh, support uh, challenges that are really client facing? What are the problems you are solving in the future? Mm -hmm. So, what I would say is that both advertisers and publishers are missing the type of data that we call intent data. Um, even if there's first party data on let's say, gender and age, the data points are simply just not sufficient enough to identify users. Um, and it is intentional data that's missing to make truly meaningful assumptions about a user. And without reliable assumptions, we have yeah, massive vestige in distributing our offers, whether it's subscriptions or whatever uh, the, ad the advertiser is selling. And let's take the crude example of environmental planning. That's like still a thing. Um, it's really like just because a user is reading an article in the automotive environment just does not mean that he or she is willing to buy the next car. So, and also like just because the article is specifically about electromobility, that also just does not mean that the user is imagining to switching to an electric car. Um, what we need to understand um, is completely different questions. We need to understand, does this user need a car to even get around? Like, And, and if so, what for? If so, is he currently looking around? It's about the right timing. Um, what does he he need the car for like in order to to make the right assumptions about the kind of car size and equipment that i want to advertise towards this person it's about personalization mm. um and it's also about the willingness to pay for it like um there's so many different models and if you you don't understand um yeah the willingness to pay for something um how will you be able to to make um, personalized advertising. Um, so what I truly believe in is that we need intent data. And this is the biggest challenge 
in the open web, um, I think. And with Opinary, we have found a way to get these answers about users by simply asking these questions. And people are willing to answer them. Um, why would you not use it? And people, the consumer loves it. The consumer wants to be advertised personally. The consumer wants personal experiences. Yeah, as we as we can tell uh, by the example uh, of TikTok, uh, so uh, users really want to see what they are most interested in, and they are willing to spend hours and hours with uh, things they like and an algorithm uh, algorithm things uh, they they would like to see or they would love to see. I, I just heard a podcast today about the phenomenon of uh, TikTok, so that's why I brought up this. A little example of um, what people really like, uh, because the the time spent within the TikTok app versus, let's say, Instagram or something similar, uh, is way way higher uh, because of the recommendations uh, that are made within uh, TikTok. Mm -hmm. I love TikTok. You um, love, how, how much time? How much time do you spend daily uh, on TikTok? Too much. Too much. <laughs> I don't. I don't have an have a TikTok account or not not account. I'm actually using, but I think that at some point, um, I I really need need to start kind of um take. Don't start it. No, nope. no, 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 no. Nope. Don't get into this. Uh -uh. Okay. I'm... Once you're in it, you're in a zone, and once this algorithm understands your preferences, you're lost. Um, it's it's really dangerous <laughs> okay 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 uh may maybe i can withstand the pressure a, a little longer yes. <laughs> you don't have to be on every party okay. <laughs> um wow and another very nice transitions speaking of being at every party um i i would like to uh, put an eye on the topic of collaboration um, so what we've seen uh, within Infosum is that there are now collaborations made that weren't possible um, ever ever before, and, and now they are happening. Uh, through your own eyes, what would you say um, would uh, collaborations uh, be like that you uh, would like to see happening out there in the in the industry? So is it is it a Uh, a fashion brand uh, collaborating with a health insurance. So is, is, can you think of something uh, that might make sense uh, in the future that uh, hasn't been possible uh, until today? Um, well, especially in Germany <laughs> <laughs> and the German systems, I would love our insurance companies to collaborate uh, together. Um, especially with the state, but um, I mean that's a different, um, that's a, a whole different topic that yeah. that we that we would get into here. We'll love that as well. <laughs> or, I or mean, just, there's or really or no just doctors and and yes. and hospitals being all connected. So I don't have to have to carry. Do Do you remember that there was a time, or I think there still is this time, where you're carrying around an actual CD? Where your um, X-ray images are on, and and your all your data um, of what whatever you had, if you if you broke your your foot or or, or whatnot, and yes. you are carrying yeah. a CD around, yeah. something you you so could sick. you could lose in an instant, 
And yeah, I, I, it's just it just does not make sense. Like yeah. even uh, even uh, getting uh, what is it called info? Um, uh, vaccination. Even getting a vaccination in Germany, you have these uh, these yellow papers with the with the vaccination stickers and a signature on it. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so non-digital. And no, <laughs> and no one, no one knows how many people really. So uh, down to the last number, how many people really are vaccinated at the moment? Exactly. It's a guess. They don't have the exact number down to the person. Why? The question is, why? How, how is that even possible? You put in so much money that everybody's getting vaccinated, but you can't tell how many. Come on. This is, that doesn't make any sense to me. But, this is so um, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I know. I I'm not you. part of the government and I don't want to be. <laughs> yeah, but they should, yeah, they should take our industry as an example. <laughs> Um, so coming coming to uh, an end, the last question. Um, anything else you would like to uh, to add today? You, any any message you would like to be out in this in this world in our industry? Something that moves you? Something that hasn't been said? Um, all, <laughs> all I just want to say is thank you, Danny. Um, for yeah for having me and um i really enjoy that we kind of ran into each other um and T3 con, right yeah, <laughs> yeah. yes uh, do you remember the tomato soup situation i remember the tomato soup situation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, and now uh, everybody's guessing what was the tomato soup situation you never gonna know <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe there's gonna be a second edition at some point. <laughs> yeah, at next D3 con. All right. Um, then thank you very very much, uh, Diana. Uh, I had a blast. It was real fun, and I hope that we uh, get the possibility uh, to do something uh, like this in any environment uh, possible. And uh, I wish you a very nice uh, evening today. And I see you very very soon. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Danny. Thanks again to Diana for joining us on Identity Architects. It was great to hear her insights and to learn a little bit more about OpenAry. All that leaves for me to do is to remind you to hit that subscribe button so you know when the next episode of Identity Architects lands. But until then, thanks for listening.